Hi, everyone. It's Lauren. And Emma. And we're back with Community. Episode three. We're back for a third. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we really appreciate all your feedback. You're sharing, you're liking, you're rating, you're reviewing. And we really appreciate it. So welcome back. We are wondering how our weeks went. We're catching up with each other. How was your week, Lauren? Uh, you know... It was good. It's it's um I'm getting ready to which I talked about a little bit on episode two. I'm getting ready to um take a little trip in June. Mm. Uh, so uh, I'm get, a little bit of anxiety, mm. but um, I'm getting ready for that just because it's super busy at work. It's, you know, corporate volunteer season, as we mentioned in the last episode. And I mean, travel anxiety, I totally get. Yeah. I hate flying. Um, even though I know that technically it's the safest form of travel, like, they say, but also I'm a Capricorn and I'm grounded <laughs> and I like my feet on the ground. So I am a grounded I'm like, individual. I like, I'll be walking in the plane and I'm like, oh, my feet are on the ground and I'm like in the clouds in the air. Mm. How does this work? I, I know. know. I know. So I feel you. I'm definitely that person that's like turbulence. Ah. Um, <laughs> I hate turbulence. I know. Just... And then it's my first time ever going to Europe. Ooh. First time ever. Where are you going? So we are going to um, London, Paris, Lyon, and then back to Paris. Wow. Um, Is so Lyon in France? It's in France. So, Lyon. Le- excuse me. <laughs> I'm so I'm real country. So it's Lyon for me. I just do that with everything, every French word. Like we, were, I had a thing at work, and someone was like, "We're the liaison," and I was like, "We were like the liaison." <laughs> you look at it and say lion <laughs> my country so <laughs> but yeah so just getting ready for that in the midst of the chaos what about you how was your week my week was okay i mean look i almost always want to be like the news was crazy but the I news mean, is crazy every week right um right. and you know so i think it's always just making sure I have like my self care stuff, yeah, um, and also just maybe like not checking the news a lot oh. because the thing is, is like it's always there's always something, literally, um, and there has been always something for a very long time. Yeah, it's not new. Um, yeah. so really just making sure self care is happening, um, and the weather is turning. You know, so yes. uh, just being able to be warm is a new thing. I'm really <laughs> excited about <laughs> like actual. We warm. laugh, but it's like it's like a thing. Yeah. I mean, you would think we live in Siberia the way we talk about it, but like it's it might as well. Be. It was cold for a long time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, so we are going to jump into what we're sipping on. Um, yes. What are you sipping on this week? Um, so this week, um, I'm sipping on curiosity and uh, hope again. Last week, I was sipping on hope too. I'm just gonna be very, real hopeful for the yes. next couple of weeks. Um, so I saw this um, article, and it's been in the news actually. I saw it on um, New York One too. Oh, I know, right? New York One, so local. I love, I love you it. You know my local news. I know, it's you great. Know, I love try it. it. I'm trying. There are a bunch of rent stabilization laws that are about to expire on June 15th. And apparently there are like nine bills in the housing justice for all's like universal rent control mm. bills. And so um, I won't read like line by line all nine bills, but there's some pretty interesting and pretty important um, laws that they're really trying to get passed through Uh a couple that stood out to me or a couple of laws that are ending and limiting rent hikes under certain situations. So one thing I didn't realize, which I'm sure y'all who have like lived in the city for a while, are like girl, yes, obviously, but I didn't know was that um, there are all these like loopholes that mm-hmm. landlords go through totally. to, you know, kick people out, raise the rent. Mm-hmm. And right now there's really nothing that's, you know, stopping landlords from like raising the rent to be whatever they want to be. Right. Uh, which, you know, obviously translates to like a lot of people being homeless, gentrification, like those things. But um, yeah, I'm still got to do a little bit more mm-hmm. research about it, but we'll share um, the link to what we saw 
uh, what the article that I saw and what we can do more. Um, and I think that this is a prime example of how uh, we all can really influence the folks around us because um, hikes are something that's very, very serious. And if you're like, you know, working professionals or young professionals who you're like, oh, I got to pay that extra 50, whatever, I'm going to do it. It's not the same case for a lot of people. Yeah. That extra 50 per month is like a make or break situation. Absolutely. Uh, that extra 25 per month is a make or break situation. So, um, yeah, that caught my attention. Uh, I'm definitely going to be reading up a little bit more on that and um, sharing what I find. What about you? What are you sipping on this week? So I am sipping on something that um, has been going on for a while, but I think needs to be put back in the forefront, which is that we still have um, migrant children that are dying in U.S. custody. Mm. I think it's really important to bring up because I remember right after um Trump got elected, everyone was talking about like being gaslighted, right? Mm-hmm. Like this idea. And it's like, well, the gaslight happens with a lot of things right. and they're not all related to Trump sure, necessarily, sure, right? Sure. Like just social issues get gaslighted, right? Like last week we talked about um, food deserts, mm-hmm. right? And like in some ways we've been gaslighted to think that's normal that New- America has this yeah. overabundance of food, but we have millions of people who cannot access food. Millions. Right? Like yeah. if you really step back, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you don't even have to like take a minute to realize how insane it is that we have children that are dying in custody. But I want to bring it back around because I think it, it's so hard and painful for a lot of people to think about mm-hmm. that you have to kind of tamper it down in order sure. to move forward. But we have to keep bringing up that it's happening yeah. and we have to keep bringing up how outrageous it is. And we have to keep pushing and fighting for that because, I mean, I don't want to live in a country where that's what we do. And it's like um, the norm. Right. Yeah. And listen, there are a lot of things you could put your energy listen. toward to, to you know, there are a lot of things going on in this country where you're like, I don't want to live Absolutely. in a country that does X, Y, Z. This is just the the one that I've been sipping on for this week. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to bring that back around. And I just want to um, encourage us that when that comes up in the news to make sure that we are, um, you know, using whatever channels and yeah. influence we do have yes. to um, keep bringing it up because also like that's somebody's child. Right. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, so I, I just wanted to bring that up. I know it's not like the most um, fun what I'm sipping on, but it's an incredibly important what I'm sipping on. And it's it, real. It's I mean, it's, it's as real, real as it gets. You know, if we didn't promise anything else on the show is that we're going to like bring up the stuff that's real and that maybe people don't want to talk about. But Absolutely. Um, that's a really great one. Uh, just like as a reminder for us to uh, not just be into into things and, and you know, standing for things when they're, it's like the top news segment or whatever um that even if you don't see it on the news or even if you don't see it on ig facebook article whatever it's still going on absolutely and we should still care it's about still it still happening yeah. say being a human being right now mm-hmm. is a lot about holding multiple things at once mm-hmm. like holding something like um you know your example last week of like i just got this new away luggage that mm-hmm. i love and it helped like with some of my anxiety and that is something that's happening in my life also something that's happening is that there are, you know, children who are detained at the border. They're yes. like, we are living in a, a time where all of that's happening and we're seeing all of mm-hmm. those things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're happening in and around our lives at the same time. Yeah. And so I think we want to be able to hold all of that here, yeah. you know, like yes. in this community, like this yes. community is going to be a place where like we get bomb ass luggage. Yeah. Also, <laughs> we want to talk about really yes. terrible things that are happening yes. that we that need to be on our radar. Yes. So. Yes. 
All right, so let's go ahead and get into it with our Impact Influencers of the Week. Um, so I can go ahead and start. And I'll just start by saying that I'm so excited to share this Impact Influencer this week because this was actually a suggestion from a listener. So you know how we tell you to send us your Impact Influencers and we may just say them on the show? Today is one of those days. So uh, this, uh, this uh, Impact Influencer came from a listener, submission from a listener. It's called Hello Cast. And so it's H-E-L-L-O, hello, and then CAS, C-A-S-S. And HelloCast is an SMS chatbot providing discrete access to localized, accurate information and support for people experiencing family and sexual violence. And so this uh, organization is based in Australia, uh, which uh, shout out to our Australian listeners. That's really cool. Um, this came from Australia. And so uh, this is an organization that was started by a woman who partnered with different organizations in Australia that are supporting folks who are going through domestic and family violence. And so essentially how it works is that you can text hello to this like number that they give you. And you basically can like ask the chatbot questions. Um, essentially you can like it prompts you based on what you're asking. It prompts you to say, like, say one, two, three, if you want to know more about domestic violence, or if you want to know about places in your area that can support you. When I was reading up a little bit, just like on domestic domestic abuse survivors and um, God only knows what they have to go through. One of the things is that, like, you know, you don't you're you fear retaliation. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in this situation, like that's a real concern. And so. Another thing that really kind of caught my attention is that, or I really appreciated about this initiative is that she has a technical background and she was like, I know that this is an issue in my community. I don't know about, I'm not an expert in domestic violence or sexual violence. So let me partner with people who are on the ground actually doing the work to help and work beside me and lead this, uh, which I thought was really important because, so you know, people can have the best intentions, but unless you like realize like, hey, like, I need people who are on the ground, like working with this population. What are some things that people ask? Like, what are some challenges that you see facing? Mm -hmm. uh, this is not, this is someone just like us. Uh, this is a person who had a technical background and, just, and knew that there was an issue going on in the community. A person with a technical background is not just like us. Well, <laughs> a person, like, I guess I mean like a woman, like a young woman. <laughs> Demographically like Demographically us. Demographically like Skills based, not like us. <laughs> I think I was listening to something or reading something and, um, they were talking about, you know, folks who are unfortunately having to go through these kind of things and, you know, how you have to like talk through what your escape plan is and like, um, you know, what mm -hmm. happens if, you know, what's your safe word. Mm -hmm. And this is, I also thought this was interesting because you can find out some information from the chat bot that maybe you could Google, but you never know the situation. Like maybe they're, the person is getting their search history looked at by Definitely. the person, you know, yeah. you know, oh, so there, it's a lot of different ways that, um, this can come in handy. So Shout out to HelloCast. Um, it's you can find out more information about this great, great initiative at hellocast.com.au. So that's H-E-L-L-O-C-A-S-S.com.au. Shout out to you. And Shout y out to you, Emma. Yeah. Other Emma. From Emma. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Um, who's your impact influencer this week? My impact influencer is somebody that I found on Instagram. Their name is Bunny Michael. Um, they're a musician slash writer and they do a lot of different things. And what drew me to them and their Insta is this series called um, self slash higher self. Mm. And so they what this looks like on Instagram is they post uh, like, you know, a 
a mashup of two photos. I should know what that's called at this. A collage, a pic collage. (laughs) They post a pic collage uh, with two photos and then words. And Mm. the words um, are what yourself says and then what your higher self says. Mm. So an example of that would be, it would say self. It's hard for me to let people in because I have trust issues. Higher self. I trust that despite previous heartful relationships, I now have the wisdom to seek the connections that will be good for my soul. Wow. Um, That's deep. And it's really deep. And I think what I really like about it is that we, you know, we know that Instagram and social media can be a place where you can really easily start falling into um, negative Mm self-talk or even like mental Mm self-harm, right? Like we will say sometimes say things to ourselves in our heads that we would never say to anybody else. And it's also just really cool that someone's creating that and putting it on the internet for people. And just a reminder that we all have ourselves and then we have, you know, the higher self that we continue to create Mm -hmm. as we grow and we learn. And they do other things as well. But again, that's how I came to them in their work. And they have a whole uh, website bunnymichael.com they have books performances activities events Mm -hmm. um, and then the insta so i just wanted to highlight that i think it's a great one to add to your insta repertoire submit your impact influencers to us in our dms or by email at community.pod just submit those and we'll check them out and they just make it highlighted on the show like Mm -hmm. the one you heard today i think we're gonna dive in let's do it let's take the leap we're gonna (laughs) i was just imagining a pool you know (laughs) like i'm on the I mean, and like some champagne, by the way, you know, Uh, anyway. All right. So our heads are right right now. All right. So today, y'all, we're going to talk about cashless restaurants. Yes. Do a little deep dive into cashless restaurants, what they are, how they affect us um, and what we can kind of do about them. So uh, what is a cashless restaurant? That is a great question, Lauren. It is, as it sounds, it is a restaurant that only takes debit or credit. It does not take cash. It will not take your cash. No coins, nothing. No coins, no papers, no Benjamins, no Miltons, whoever else the presidents are. I'm just kidding, guys. Like, I know the presidents. I know I'm out, out, out here throwing them at you, seeing if you know your president. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know Milton. <laughs> Who was Milton? Uh, there is no Milton. Oh, okay. <laughs> so some examples um, are sweet green. Dig in. Um, I've seen it in some arenas. Like mm. there are certain kiosks that are cashless as mm, well. Mm-hmm. So I mostly seen them. I think they're, I guess they're like a little bit everywhere, but I've mostly seen them in Manhattan. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really seen them in, I'm in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. So I haven't really seen them in Brooklyn. If anything, I've seen the opposite where it's yes, like cash only. Exactly. Uh, which I always appreciate a mm-hmm. cash only place. But um, yeah, I'm sure they exist everywhere. Uh, but one of the things when I was reading about these is that. Uh, the case behind them. I really wanted to know the case behind them because I'm mm. like, why would somebody not right. take like cash? Like, I mean, right. Wouldn't cash. you take money in all the forums? Like, just get. Don't like, you just want the money? Right. Apparently, it was like, according to some of the restaurants, um, it was about like efficiency and about mm. safety of the, I guess, like staff members or mm-hmm. whatever, like, that they don't have a safe on site or mm-hmm. they feel like, you know, they're less likely to get robbed, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And then they said, like, I don't know. They got more into detail about just like operationally. It just makes more sense for them. And they save, essentially they save more money. It saves the business more money. Right. 
And, you know, the intention, it sounds like, is to make things more efficient. Like you said, there are some security concerns for them. Sure, sure. But the impact is not the same as their intention. And so the impact of this is that a lot of people are left out. So the idea that everybody has access to a debit or credit card is false. They do not. So false. There are, so we're going to break down some terms. So there's unbanked and there's underbanked Mm. and they are basically what they sound like, but (laughs) we'll break, it's like cashless. Mm -hmm. Um, But unbanked means that people do not have checkings or savings accounts. Yeah. Underbanked is a different term, meaning that they may have a checking or savings account, but they also use other things like payday loans, money orders, check cashing, all of that. Um, There are over 50 million people in America that are underbanked. Wow. You know, in terms of the unbanked population, there's about 8.4 million households that are unbanked in America. Um, The number one reason that people cited, and this was as of 2017, is that they just don't have enough money to put into a bank account. Listen, a bank account is like a whole thing. Like if you I just remember like back in the day when I was like, you know, in college or whatever, Mm -hmm. young adult, um, really trying to like make it. Mm-hmm. I remember you had to keep that $25 in there. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, like, mm-hmm. God bless and God keep. Right. <laughs> I remember op- trying to open a bank account and they, first of all, my bank account in college had overdraft fees, right? Like, and it, was, it wasn't it was a credit card. It was like a checking account, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day, like years later, there was a class action lawsuit against yes, the bank. And I, I got a whole a check for a whole like 67 cents. But I just felt really, you know, I was like, yes, that's you right. You, sh- you shouldn't have been charging me $36 every time that I went over by a dollar like, in college. Okay, that's you, predatory. Can you think about how messed up that is? It's so, you, you don't have enough money to pay for this, so I'm going to charge you more bam, money. And I'm going to charge you by day. Right. And we're going to make this public information and it still seems fine. It's crazy. It's wild. So I'm really glad about that lawsuit. But then later when I tried to open a checking account, it was like, well, this is the cost for the checking account. Mm-hmm. This is the cost for us to hold your money that we're probably mm-hmm. going to, like, I don't know, take and invest in something. Sure. Um, unless you have a consistent paycheck. Yep. So, one, that's a wild thing to have in 2019, even just given the fact that a lot of people don't work traditional nine to five jobs. Right. So not everybody, even for people who know that they make enough for their lifestyle, but don't have consistent paychecks in that way. That's one thing. But then also, if people don't have enough money to put into a bank account, why do you think they're going to have the money to pay you the fee? Well, that because well, that's how the bank gets, know, you know, that's wild. So well, banks need more money. So, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> um, right. but you so the big thing about this is that the households that are unbanked usually have an annual income under 15K a year. Wow. Um, so a lot of it is they literally just don't have the money to put in the bank account. Interestingly, the second highest reason was that people don't trust banks. I mean, and why would you? I mean, it, I mean, why would you? And it's like, you know, at what point? Like, at what point do you get to say, sorry, you can't eat here because you don't, you didn't go through this whole process of like trying to open a bank account or having a savings account? It's it's crazy. And it's not necessarily that restaurants went through this whole thought process, right? Like their intention might have just been like, listen, for safety reasons, for efficiency reasons, we're not doing this. But the impact of it is that there are people who um, cannot eat there. Like that's just the whole thing. Um, And so in New York City, 
this is further um, impacted by the fact that the majority of the people that are unbanked are black and Latino. Mm. So there is a certain part of the population that is being kept out of spaces more than others. Um, And it's it's disproportionate in New York City, meaning that it's not a like. 10% 10% and 12%, um, the, the disparity is larger. Yeah. Um, so the impact is also saying, like, there are certain people who cannot be in these spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I this kind of hits home with for me and with me because I think back, like I was talking about earlier, to when I was younger and I was out here working a full-time job. I had a part-time job and I was taking Saturday and online classes. And so I was doing all the quote-unquote right things mm-hmm. and, you know, still trying to make ends meet you know, all these things. And there were times where I, to this day, many, many, many times was in my car in my little uh, 2000 Chevrolet Malibu that always cut off (laughs) on me. I would be literally scrounging for change to Mm -hmm. like, listen, if I didn't find no change today, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to give me like a little dollar 50 McDonald's burger or whatever. And I just think of myself in that position of how I was doing all the quote unquote right, right things because Mm -hmm. So often, you know, we assume, oh, you don't have a bank account. What are you doing with your life? Or like these little statements. I had a bank account, but Mm -hmm. you know what? I had to not touch that bank account because my rent was $450 and I had $457 in there. Right. And if I touch that $7, Mm -hmm. that $7 is going to turn into a negative $45. Right. You know, so there are a lot of reasons that people, you know, don't use debit or credit cards. And in my position back in the day, like, I don't know what I would have done if I was in an area where, you know, I, the, all these stores mm-hmm. like didn't take credit cards or, or excuse me, didn't uh, take cash. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 it has nothing to do with like it's less of like, why don't you have a bank account? And more of like, why are you taking national currency? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's, it's just. It's wild. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, you're not taking national. I mean, currency? really, though, like it's, it's crazy. It's, it is. Um, and it's, you know, something that in New York um, has been working its way through our city council. Mm-hmm. So they've had some hearings on it and at some point it will come to a vote. And so at these hearings, you know, they had representatives from the food industry that mm-hmm. came and talked about like why it was important and why they needed it. And then a city council person, Richie Torres, mm. came and on, um, has said some great things. So he's a a city council representative. He's pretty. He's relatively young for city council. He's um, younger than me. Oh. So young. He's a youngin. So one of the things that he said because he represents um, in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and so he said, you know, some of the businesses up there have been there for over a hundred years. Right. They accept cash and they're able to. And he said exactly this: operate smoothly and efficiently and safely in the Bronx, which is probably much tougher than some of the neighborhoods in which you operate. Right. I.e. Midtown Manhattan. Right. I'm <laughs> sitting there being like, you know, like listen, I'm not. I'm not saying that that has never happened. Sure, it's not sure. to say that things have never happened, but. There are other ways to figure it out that don't include um, barring people from yeah. your or, or the or the impact being that people are yes. barred from your restaurant. Right. Yes. I mean, there's nobody standing at the door saying you can't come in. Yeah. But that, ca- you know, cashless restaurant yeah. sign says something to people outside mm-hmm. about who can come in and who can't. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I think about, too, is like how a lot of times the cashless restaurants tend to be restaurants that, you know, have a higher price point. Yep. Um, you know, but it's like arguably like really good quality food or whatever. And so I was having a conversation um, not so recently, but, you know, it still stuck with me with mm-hmm. someone about like the whole cashless thing. And I was just like, that's just like so crazy. And, and you know, you know, God bless his soul. 
uh, this person was just like, well, you know, if if you don't have a bank account, then like, why would you be buying a fourteen dollar salad anyway? And I'm, you know, <laughs> sorry that noise was yeah. just my reaction. You know, and you know, in my at first I was like, okay, that's ignorant. But then I'm like, okay, listen. First of all, have you ever seen these portion sizes in most of these places? Mm-hmm. Not only can you squeeze two meals out of yep. that, you can probably squeeze three most of the time. And quite honestly, it is nobody's business as to why this person would want to spend this $14 if they didn't have a bank account. Right. So by that logic, it's like, oh, so you're, you know, considered low income or you don't have a bank account because of X, Y, Z reason. You can't afford one. So you don't get to enjoy the luxuries of having this, you know, farm raised chicken, fresh Mm -hmm. grain, egg, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I just really didn't follow that logic. And at the end of the day, it's nobody's business whether somebody has a bank account or not. Right. And, and, you know, income in some ways restricts um, options in certain ways, but within whatever it is that you have, yeah. why do you not get to have choice the same way that Absolutely. other people do? Right. Absolutely. Like it's just, it's pretty wild. Like when you really step back and think mm-hmm. about that and also like, why do people feel so strongly that people who are at a certain socioeconomic level, like yes. should be making other choices. Right. You know, and like, I'm sitting there being like, probably it's not the best economic decision for me to have a $14 salad. Listen. Right? Like probably I should put that into like a, a, a retirement account or something <laughs> right. like that, right? right? But like, because um, my income is at a certain place, mm-hmm. I don't have those eyes on me in the same mm-hmm. way. And that's wild, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, it's insane that we think that we are privy to be able to Right. Um, comment on the decisions that people are making. A hundred percent. I mean, I know I always like randomly have stories, but, you know, I think back. I grew up with my grandparents. But when I moved with my mother to Texas um, in I think it was like early 2000s, you know, my mother was a single parent, you know, and we it was myself and my little sister. And, you know, we struggled and we had our issues and and she did her best. But at the same time, like you better believe every two years on the dot, we were at that Ramsey family reunion. Mm-hmm. Where at whatever city it was in, you know, whatever was going on, she figured out a way to make sure we had those experiences. And sure, like you could call it irresponsible when you knew you had these, uh, you know, bills to pay or like you should have been saving for college or whatever. But I remember those experiences. And Mm -hmm. I know for her, it was like my children should not get you should not not be able to travel and like see different places and have these experiences just because we're at a certain socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. And to this day, like I see it like as a, as a adult, like I get it and I see right. it. And you know, it's not up to us to decide like what other people should be and shouldn't be experiencing when we can. Right. Right. And we absolutely shouldn't be cutting off the ability for them to make those choices. Yeah. And sure, there's, there are people who are going to be like, yeah, I'm not eating that $14 yeah. salad. That's crazy. Yeah. The rest of you are insane. You're good. You can have it. Um, But, you know, if they if people want to, you should be able to go wherever it is that yeah. you want to go and spend your money, especially because that's the whole thing. People are going in to spend their money on mm-hmm. your business. Regardless. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I have a friend who just won't eat at cashless Mm. restaurants, which, um, you know, in some ways is, you know, I really think it's great that she's made that personal choice Mm -hmm. and that's what she does. And that also sometimes has to be like, oh, wow, I really want X, Y, Z food because, you know, as you said, they tend to be a little bit. Um, they might be a little healthier, sure, right? So you maybe sure. get that like grain fed grass, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it has to be like, oh, but I'm not eating there, right, you know? And right. again, that's a choice. Like people make their choices. Right. That's the one that she's made. But, um, you know, we can see even with what um, has moved into the city council and there's been some things in the paper that, you know, New York is having a 
relatively strong reaction. Yeah, and, um, yeah. One of the things that I found uh, was that there are a couple of states that have already banned cashless mm. restaurants. So um, Jersey just did it. Oh, wow. um, and actually, what I thought was the most interesting was Massachusetts has had a ban on it since 1978. Shout out to Massachusetts. Shout out to you. <laughs> Y'all trailblazers. Um, they were <laughs> literally, like, beat before anyone even knew the credit cards were a thing. They were like, Were nah. they even credit cards in 1978? <laughs> right? I don't know. They were like, nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Um, which I thought was just really, really cool. Um, and so, you know, again, this at some point will come to a vote, but it's just important to to recognize the impact of it. Um, and some companies have already started to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that we we mentioned Sweetgreen at the beginning um, of the segment, and I was reading that Sweetgreen as of last month, um, they did say that by the end of 2019, all of their stores will no longer be cashless stores because they found that that decision to, you know, go that route for operational reasons or whatever um, didn't align with their mission and their mission was to like it was something like to bring fresh healthy food to everyone and they realized like after their call out it was kind of like oh well we're actually not carrying out our mission by saying that you know there are certain people who can't come in here because they don't have bank accounts so we think awesome. you know so for us our day today it's like oh I'll just pull out my card but for a lot of people like that's making a statement of not taking um, mm -hmm. cash so I thought it was really cool for Sweet Green to realize like hey sorry <laughs> We're going to start taking cash. We're going to start taking cash again because we realize that what we're saying and what we're doing are not aligning. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's also such a good example of a company that heard what mm -hmm. people were saying. Mm -hmm. Like maybe their intention was X, their Im the impact was Y. Mm -hmm. um, somebody said, hey, your impact was Y. And then they were like, oh, but that didn't match the X. What can we do? Right. How can we make this right? right. And this is what we're going to do. And then, right. you know, put their money where their mouth is. Like maybe it is less efficient and they sure. might lose a little bit of their bottom line, but it's worth it. Right. And I right. think like one of the things that uh, Richie Torres said in, in the, uh, the hearing was that he thinks the need for equity outweighs the efficiency gains of mm. a cashless business model. Human rights take precedence over efficiency gains. And it's Man. like if we can just keep remembering that. Right. right. That, like, yes. Listen, I love efficiency. I'm all for it. I understand that for businesses, you want to be as efficient as possible. Yes. You want to be able to maybe pay your staff more. Sure, but sure. if it's making other people feel less than because of X, Y, Z, is it worth it? Right. Technically, that's your decision to make. But we also know now that people are able to give feedback to companies. We make our decisions with our money and where mm -hmm. we spend it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, maybe even just to start bringing it, bringing it home and bringing out our to do's, like let companies know how you feel about right, this. Right? right. Doesn't mean you have to necessarily stop eating at sure. X restaurant. You can eat there and then go to them and say, like, listen, I'm a customer of yours. I love your product. Mm -hmm. You can email them, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm concerned about the fact that you don't take cash because there are people who are being left out of it. And even going as far as to be like, I think everyone should have access to your delivery delicious food uh, anybody who wants to should be able to access yes. your delicious food yes yes i think that's a great one and a really good example of how even if you don't even if you aren't in the community of people who don't have bank accounts that's a way you can stand up for them right mm -hmm. you know that, that's a way that you can really be there for your other mm -hmm. neighbors even though yeah. even if you don't know them like you have a credit card, debit card, whatever. But if you know that your voice can be heard on behalf of them, mm -hmm. um, that that's a really, really great way. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, we'll keep you all updated about the city council vote, but that will happen. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So all of your city council people in Mm -hmm. New York City are a part of that. So you can also call them, contact them via email, their offices, and let them know how you feel about it. Um, They represent you and your interests. Again, even if they don't represent a neighborhood where that where being unbanked or underbanked is a large sure. thing, they're still going to vote. Yeah. So they should be going to vote based on how their constituents feel. And if you are their constituents, that includes you. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, yes, there was a lot of things that are, you know, in the beginning of the news segments and they're like top story, hot story. But these are one of the things that you may not see, but a, a good example of something that is affecting people around you and, mm-hmm. and that you can easily in air quotes, uh, uh, affect that and impact that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really what we wanted to get across. I think about cashless restaurants. Yeah. Um, I bet you never thought you would listen to a podcast about, about cashless, cashless restaurants, <laughs> but you did today. <laughs> you did. And if you have thoughts about this, you know, we're open to hearing it. We Absolutely. don't believe that everybody listening has to hundred percent sure, agree with us sure. or even 1% agree with us. Um, and so we're interested in what you think about cashless restaurants. So let us know. We'll obviously, Insta post, you can always mm-hmm. comment, you can DM, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and let us know what you think. Let us know if we missed a big nuance. You yeah. know the deal. You know what's up. Cool. So with that, I think that's a wrap on episode three. So thank you everyone again for listening to us, downloading, subscribing, liking, commenting, reviewing. Um, and you can reach us at uh, community.pod on IG. That's C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-E-A dot pod. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye.